This topic is about getting executives to understand Agile by talking about value streams. Now, I wrote this chapter in a different way. Actually, I made up this imaginary conversation between a consultant and an executive. So summarizing it is difficult. Instead, I'm just going to read this chapter. It'll be a little longer than some of the other podcasts, but if you want to listen to it, great. You can just read it as well. Okay, so here goes. Many in the Agile community criticize the company's leadership for not understanding Agile. However, much of this lack of understanding is due to many Agilists not talking to them in a manner that executives are interested in. Executives don't want to learn flow, lean, or the theory constraints. I suggest a better way of communicating the value of Agile is by talking to them about value streams and value stream networks in a way that makes sense for them. Here's an example. Consultant. Hi, I know you've heard a lot about how companies are adopting lean and agile methods, but instead of talking about methods, I'd like to talk about what we as an organization want to accomplish. So let me start by asking you what you're interested in. The executive responds, well, I'd say the top things I'm concerned about are one, innovating for our customers, two, avoiding the waste of developing products that are not useful, being able to quickly deliver value at a reasonable cost, being able to provide a great customer experience with both the products and the supporting service we have, having an, ex an effective sales organization, uh, creating an excellent environment for our employees to work in. I would expand customer service to customer experience. And I would also include something about time to market or responding to change. Creating value at a reasonable cost isn't good enough if it's two years late. And I continue, great. Let's look at these and see how we can help. First, what does innovation for your customers mean regarding your services and products? She responds, well, regarding our products, I'd like them to add value to our customers beyond what they might expect. I say, well, what would that look like? She says, well, they would find themselves using our products in better ways, making their lives easier. Oh, you mean that they'd find themselves working in a different way, in a way that they'd find is better and more effective? She says, yeah, exactly. So I go on to introduce a term. This workflow you're describing is called the customer value stream. It describes a customer's path from starting to get value until achieving it. I'm hearing you say you'd like to be able to improve how they do this. She says, yes, but how can we do that? Well, first of all, we need to make explicit that what that that's what it is we want to do. You just said that. We use the term customer value stream to share a common language and know what we mean by that. She says, okay, that makes sense. But I can't control what our customers do. So how do I improve their value stream? I respond, well, this is a two-step process. First, as you've just stated, we must recognize that we're trying to improve how our customers do our work. A great way to do this is to have our products and services interact with them in a way that improves how they get their job done. This interaction, by the way, is called the customer journey. She says, okay, that makes sense. So we have our development teams focus on how our customers' value streams can be improved, and we design our systems to improve their customer journeys. It sounds good, but it also sounds expensive. I respond, well, yeah, at first it sounds like we're doing more work. But there are lessons to be learned in improving our customers' value streams and how we can improve our own. Let's consider things like customers like and don't like. First, what do customers think about waiting between the steps they have to take? She says, uh, they don't like it. I say, exactly. Eliminating delays in a customer's workflow is a good idea. Now, consider what happens when your developers work and things get delayed. Say uh, one person needs to talk to another person, but that person isn't available. She says, well, that'll only cause frustration. It's, it's not only causes that, it'll likely cause extra work because of multitasking. 
And I say, it will also cause delays in getting feedback about if we're working on creating the right innovation. The more delays, the greater the time to get value. And if we make a mistake, we won't detect it for a longer time than if we didn't have these delays. She responds, can't we tell our people to work faster? I say, sure, but consider this. Are they not likely working as fast as they can? Pushing them harder will likely just create errors. Uh, She says, I don't know, a little pressure is often good. And I say, uh, and I'm not saying it isn't, but consider the time from starting an improvement until it's completed. I've been watching your people and can see they are busy, but I suspect that precisely because they are busy, the work is is waiting around. She says, what do you mean? Well, consider this. Someone starts working on something and needs help from someone who also is working on several things. Is that person likely to be available? Mm, probably not. The more they're the more they're working on to get some done, the more likely the person needing their help will have to wait longer until they have time to get to them. And I say, exactly. And while they're waiting, then the people start something else. So that piece of work is made that made the request for it just sits there for a while. Yeah, I see. So what do we do about this? I respond, the trick is not to get people to work faster, but to eliminate the delays as much possible between the steps in the workflow, that is in the development value stream. She says, but the work in the development area isn't the stream. It goes back and forth across teams all over the place. I say, yeah, very perceptive. That's why we also call it the development value stream network. Value stream is just really a metaphor from the days when it was a little bit more linear. So she said, okay, let me get this straight. To innovate, we need to improve how our customers work. We call that their value stream or the customer value stream. To influence this, we attend to how they interact with our systems, which we call the customer journey. We need to improve our development value stream networks by removing delays in them. This speeds up feedback and value delivery. Have I got it right? I respond, yes. Now, we'll leave how to do this for another day, but there are still other types of value streams. She says, this is beginning to sound a little complicated. And I say, well, yeah, there is a fair amount to learn, but all of these value streams have a lot in common and there are straightforward ways to start. She says, so what other value streams are involved? I respond, consider what internal work you do. You have groups to market, sell, deploy, support, et cetera. The products, each group has its own value streams. We call these operational value streams. You also have value streams for legal, HR, et cetera. All your value streams should be about creating value for your customers and for your employees. She says, all should work to provide value quickly without delay or wasted effort. And I say, yes, let's look at that list you gave me at the start. Innovating for our customers, avoiding the waste of developing products that are not useful, being able to quickly deliver value at a reasonable cost, being able to provide a great customer experience with both products and supporting service, having an effective sales organization, creating an excellent environment for employees to work in. Notice how value streams help the first five of these directly. We get innovation by attending to customers. We can lower the waste of developing products that are not useful by getting quick feedback. Reducing delays reduces waste in building new products and customer service and values. Now consider this. What would it feel like to work in an environment where you weren't weren't wasting time waiting for others. She says, they'd be great. Ah, then we've covered them all. She says, is there more to this value stream stuff? I say, yes, quite a bit. Consider how people will be able to align when they all understand we're interested in value add. It's an holistic view. Everyone can recognize their role in the bigger picture. We can also use what we know about value streams to see where and how to improve them. And there's a lot known about value streams that's been studied for decades, literally. 
Well, how do we do that? There are a couple of ways. The most common way is what we call value stream mapping. In value stream mapping, we draw out all these steps of the value streams. She says, sounds like that takes a lot of time. And I say, well, it can be. That's why we've come up with another way, which gets most of the value, but takes only a fraction of the time. We call it the idealized value stream. She asks, why do you call it that? I say, we've discovered after looking at hundreds of companies that the core way they should be working is similar. This core, of course, doesn't include certain things that may be particular to certain companies, such as FDA regulation or working with hardware groups. But even in these cases, the core work is the same and regulation and hardware, just additional requirements or constraints on what to do. Knowing this enables us to look at what we should be doing and contrast it with what we are doing. Then we can see where we need to improve. She says, and everyone can get on board because we're all united around adding value, supporting it and being efficient. I say, yes. And there's another advantage this gives us. Even though many people in the organization may need to accomplish the same thing, the way they do it can be adjusted to their situation. It must be, actually. Uh, This enables people to self-organize while fitting into the bigger picture. This enables people to work in a way that suits them while being able to coordinate with other groups in the organization. She closes with, very cool. You'll have to teach me more later. Hope that's useful. And of course, you're welcome to read it in the book.